Aloha, my name is Pam Campbell, mortgage loan officer known as the Island Girl. If you want to learn the six and seven figure science to success, significantly increase your revenue and learn how to successfully build professional relationships, you should be listening to the Sell Without Selling podcast with my good friend, Stacey O'Byrne. If you're ready to get out of your own way to follow the seven figure science of success, then welcome to Sell Without Selling. Tune in with renowned international speaker Stacey O'Byrne as she shows you how mastering relationships, achieving the proper mindset, and attaining the necessary motivation will catapult you away from failure and onto your journey to greatness. And now, here is your host, Stacey O'Byrne. Hey, welcome back to another episode of Sell Without Selling. I'm your host, Stacey O'Byrne, and I believe that learning the art and the science of how to sell without selling is the only way to achieve high six and seven figure success. Hey, welcome back to another episode of Sell Without Selling. I'm your host, Stacey O'Byrne, and today I'm speaking with a dear long-term friend of mine, Pam Campbell. Pam is a loan officer serving homeowners in California. She enjoys working with her clients to educate them to meet their goal of home ownership, whether a purchase or a refinance. She brings 17 plus years experience in the mortgage industry as a senior loan officer for Groves Capital based out of Rancho Santa Fe, known as the Island Girl, and we'll get into that in a little bit. Pam's greatest strengths are her experience, positive attitude, and aloha spirit. Obtaining a mortgage does not have to be stressful. Just as important, she takes pride in her communication and enjoys her job when processing loans efficiently and provides stress-free closings. Celebrating her clients' closings bring her tremendous satisfaction. I believe that Learning the art and the science of how to sell without selling is the only way to achieve high six and seven figure success. I'm so excited for you to hear our conversation today. And really quick, if you're a business owner, entrepreneur, sales professional, and you haven't hit the level of success that you've wanted or needed, or if you're stuck and needing a pivot in your business and your success, or you just want more, and you understand the importance of having a coach to help identify the blind spots thoughts, increase accountability, and help with success strategies to take you, your business, your income, and your success to the next level. If this sounds like something for you, then head over to pivotpointadvantage.com slash I want success. That's pivotpointadvantage.com slash I want success. There's a quick application there that will lead to a phone call with us to make sure we're a great fit for each other. Okay, let's do this. Pam, welcome to the show. Thank you, Stacy. Great to be here. Oh, I'm blessed to have you. You know, I know right now the mortgage industry is kind of really crazy. I know how busy you are, and I'm blessed you allocated time to share with our listeners your journey as an entrepreneur and you know the ups and downs the trials and tribulations and just everything you've been through and i you know plus taking time to chat with me it's i'm i'm just very very blessed to see you thank you so talk to me how did well before we get into the i lend girl right how did pam become 
a business owner, an entrepreneur, self-employed, how, how did you venture into this journey? So that's funny. Um, I'm born and raised in Hawaii. Yep. So when I decided to move over here to California, um, I had no idea. This is kind of a weird long story short, but I did not know how to travel around. So my first thing was I need to find a job, customer service. My background's working on a cruise ship. I've worked restaurants for years. I've always been kind of like more um, public type um, businesses in my life. And mm -hmm. um, so when I came here, I thought, well, if I do a customer service type thing, I don't have to travel and go anywhere and get lost. Well, they ended up, it was a copter company. I ended up telemarketing, called, making a hundred calls a day. Wow. And I did really well. And they're like, you need to sell. I'm like, okay. But then 10 years later, so I had a very, very successful career um, selling copiers. And then it kind of became my entrepreneur, right? I had to do what I needed to do. I learned how to make the calls, follow-ups and, and all that sort of thing. Then one day technology changed and my whole career after 10 years became internet-based what's an ethernet all that i'm not a technical person i said i can't do this <laughs> my manager was like yes you can i'm like no so my brother-in-law says him you need to do mortgages i'm like no <laughs> looked at the rate sheet what is this but so i said okay i'll telemarket for you same story telemarketed for his company set so many appointments he said you're going to learn how to sell i got my real estate license and now we end them less and it's just from there and i just learned from selling copiers for one mm -hmm. how to sell how to demo all that sort of thing all yeah. the trainings and classes and i can't do anything much more i, I don't want a sit behind a desk type job yeah yeah so, no i i've known you for a long time you are not a sit around on your butt kind of person no <laughs> too much energy yeah no matter how aloha you are that's movable aloha <laughs> yes so so i want to dive right into it okay you brought up uh how you kind of entered into sales and you know i've trained a lot of copy sales teams and a lot of copier based sales companies and that's a grind you know you you enter into an industry as a sales novice with like you were literally thrown to the sharks mm -hmm. to have to sit at a desk and make a hundred cold calls a day there's I would venture to get guess that the, there's a majority of our listeners right now that can't even fathom that experience, right? A lot of entrepreneurs, self-employed business owners, or even independent sales contractors, they struggle to make follow-up calls with warm markets or, or semi-cool markets, let alone picking up the phone and just calling Joe Blow, who you've never met. How was it for you to go from really not ever doing sales to being a phone banger? It was a little bit scary, a little bit stressful, but 
I just did what I had to do. Um, yeah. It was quite a learning experience. I mean, they literally gave me a stack of 100 sheets. Those days, we didn't have the internet. Yeah. We also had little cardboard you know, index boxes. Make a call, write the note, next, next, next. Yeah. So I just learned to be like, all right, next. And I just say, smile and dial. Rejection and I keep telling myself, I don't know the person on the other end. It's okay if they say no, I'm just going to keep moving on and not get hurt because or else I would never get through the hundred calls. You know, that's a phenomenal way to, to share a perspective. I don't know them. It's not personal. I'm just doing what I get to do, right? Sales, cold calling is definitely a grind. So, so you had shared, you had gotten learnings from this experience. Mm -hmm. And while you're kind of organizing what these learnings are, because I'd like for you to share what the learnings are, I'd kind of like to explain what you said. This was pre-internet, you know, back in the day, uh, before Google, before internet, you know, when when technology didn't exist like it did, we didn't have CRMs, you know, we didn't have email, we didn't have texting, Facebook, social media didn't exist. The only thing that existed for a very long time were landlines, Rolodexes, index cards, you know, and your filing system so that you could keep your notes. And you really had to keep detailed notes and be very organized so that you could follow up with people, right? It just wasn't one of these things where a computer program poked at you and said, okay, time to call them. So back then, uh, you know, leads came from a lot of different ways. They came from outside salespeople driving by buildings and, you know, getting information. They came from, you know, advertising where people would fill out little index cards and mail them in. They, they came from outside salespeople actually physically calling on an account, door knocking, and then uh, prospecting and getting information. So in the position you were in, I remember when I ran a call center, there, uh, every, everybody's desk had a mirror on it. And the phone said, remember to smile before you dialed. So there was always a sign on, on the phone and a mirror for them to check their smile. And uh, th those were crazy. So what type of learnings did you get, Pam, diving into this? I think more perseverance. Mm -hmm. um, I was always a goal setter. Like I've always set my goals, made sure I did enough and you know how they always say you make that one last call and if it's a hundred calls i have a notch i make sure i make all those calls mm -hmm. and it's so funny that you mentioned the cold calling because i remember too pagers so mm -hmm. our sales managers would say hey okay you guys need to go get 10 business cards or whatever how much it is i would go into business buildings i remember getting walked out with a security guard <laughs> taking an elevator sorry you can't cold call here i'm like all right just i try you know mm -hmm. you just have to kind of keep going because if you let things bother you then it just gets scarier you won't do it but if you do it as a game and just say okay and just make it work um i just learned just you know sometimes i'd sit in the car right meditate for a little bit okay i'm good i'm gonna go in there and just positive visualize and just know what you want yeah 
I know you know that too, right? Coaching. And I just, and I've always had that in me to just keep going. I've always had to survive. So I'm, you know, and I can see the successes yep. from everything I did. And um, I will not, like I said, not go back to being behind a desk, but it is hard. And mm -hmm. right now it's hard, mm -hmm. you know, what can I do with mortgages? Oh, hi, do you need to refinance again? So I have to keep switching it up and, right. and doing different things to keep going. Right. So mm -hmm. you went from the copier industry to mortgage. You've been W-2, you've been self-employed, you've been an independent contractor. You know, you've been all over the gamut, right? Mm -hmm. Has it always been easy for you? No. Um, I think though a lot of people think I always used to say I'm so lucky right I don't think that's easy because I think I worked for what and where I got to be mm -hmm. um, but at some point it it takes it, it wears you down some days I'm like oh I just really want to retire I would love as you know a w-2 job oh I just want to get a salary the grass is not greener on the other side I'd much rather do my own thing you know, be as successful as I want to be. Um, but it's not always easy. It's every day I have to write in my notebook, how many loans am I going to get? How many calls am I going to do? How many no's am I going to get? You know, and I, I still like to read the power of no, you know, um, there's lots of different 12 week year. I just, I always have to keep myself focused no matter what, after all these years, I'm still doing the same kind of back to basics. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know, I think that's where success comes from. Success comes from doing the basics, right? And, and you've talked about a few. Uh, and so I'd like to grab your golden nuggets and, and talk about them. So you, you said that you, you used to say, I'm so lucky. You know, it reminds me of a quote that Zig Ziglar used to say, and I'm pretty sure it was him that said it. I, for some reason, I see him standing on stage saying it. You know, it's a funny thing. The more I sweat, the luckier I get. You know, and, and what he meant by that was the harder I work, the more in alignment things become with what it is I'm pursuing, right? Mm -hmm. And, you know, I, I, I think Gary Vee said this uh, in his book, Crush It, when, um, you know, all his friends, they were partying during college and, you know, they were going out every night drinking and he just kept, humping wine boxes at the liquor store, you know, at his parents' store. And, you know, he was, he was putting everything up online and he was working nonstop. And then when he made it and made it big, all his friends were like, man, you're so lucky. You're so lucky your parents owned a business. And he turned around and said, lucky. When you were out screwing off, when you were out messing around, when you were out playing, I was knee deep in working. I didn't, I didn't, I didn't play like you guys did. I worked. So he goes, this isn't luck. This is a culmination of sweat, hard, hard work and sacrifice. And, you know, so many people see the end result. You know, they see the zero to hero, the outhouse to penthouse. They see the, the results. Very rarely do they really dig in and look at the journey though, right? Mm -hmm. And, and it's that journey that, that really determines whether or not someone's going to make it. You know, it's easy to give up. It's hard to dig in, right? 
So you, you had brought up something uh, very, very subliminally, and I really want to hit it because it's a, it's a fantastic gift that you just gave our listeners where you turned around and said, every day you plug in how many loans you're going to get, how many calls you're going to get, how many no's you're going to get, how many people you're going to talk to, you know, in a nutshell, that's known as working your business by the numbers you know how many calls you have to get to, or how many calls you, you have to make in order to talk with somebody, how many people you have to talk with in order to get no's, how many no's you have to get to get to a maybe or a yes, how many yeses you have to get to, to uh, a loan in process, to actually physically close, to actually make your numbers, right? Mm-hmm. How many people forget to look at KPIs, key performance indicators. So many people forget to look at the metrics. You know, the rule of thumb is if you run it like a business, it's gonna pay you like a business. And if you run it like a hobby, it's gonna cost you like a hobby. A business is about numbers and you've gotta have key performance indicators. You gotta know your metrics. You know, not everybody's gonna close 100%, 100% of the time. What's your closing ratio? What's your average selling price, right? And then back into what it is you want to make and then figure out how many people you have to meet, how many people you have to talk with, how many people you have to do a presentation to. How long did it take you to really lock into that formula so that you could hold yourself accountable every day? You know, it's still kind of a work in progress because it just mm-hmm. depends on the market for me. Mm-hmm. It depends like last two years, incredible, right? The rates were great. This year I know I have to work extra hard because my numbers aren't gonna be like the last two years. So it's more really keeping up with, with what's going on. So every year I kind of, and, and, though, and I work by the quarter also. Say, where have I been? What do I need? I don't look at the whole year. So, no. it, gosh, I don't really have a, a time where I figured it out because there's some days too, I just don't want to pick up the phone. You know, mm-hmm. some days I pick up the phone and go, I'm not getting off until I get one. Yes, I'm going to find someone that's interested, right? Whether refinancing or, or needing a prequal. So um, it's more just consistency. I don't, I don't think I have a, a time where it, it hit me. And okay. even doing my taxes right now, I looked at everything. I thought, oh. I felt like I did really well each month, but when I average it out, I'm like, darn, I need to up it because my monthly submissions were as much as I thought, I think because I'm busy so many months, it's like, okay, yeah, I'm there. But when I average it out, it's not. So I'm back to square one for this year too. That's, you made a couple really good points here. So point number one, I'd like to shift perspectives, you know? Business is secular. The economy is secular. History continually repeats itself. Just a different story, but similar outcomes, right? So we can utilize history to predict present and future as soon as we see the cycle coming. So it's not that you have to work harder. It's that you get to pivot and work differently, right? Uh, there, there comes a point in the mortgage industry specifically, and this is really any industry, where it just seems like it rains ease, right? 
you're turning around and orders are just falling on your lap. People are begging to do business with you. And then it slows down. Now there's a, you know, I have a belief that we should always be hunting while we're farming. We should always be marketing both passively and actively. And through that process, it allows us that when times are good, we build pipelines, they stay good. When times are bad, we have the pipeline to fall back on and we're still marketing, which keeps the pipeline full. A lot of people go from feast to famine, feast to famine, feast to famine. So what happens is when times are good, they, they stop with the marketing, you know, they stop with the farming, they stop with the hunting. And then all of a sudden things dry up and they go, oh, time to get back to it. Well, it takes four to six months to build a pipeline. And if you're always doing that, stop, go, stop, go, stop, go, your bank account, your business is always going to display that right? Uh -huh. So for, for you with, with the ups and downs and the volatility of your market and interest rates dictating, you know, what your consumer will do, because there, there comes a time where interest rates are down, it becomes a buying frenzy. However, the buying frenzy then drives up market value, it also creates refi frenzy, which then locks people in to a lower rate. And then as interest rates start creeping up, your market changes dramatically. It just means you get to pivot, right? So knowing that, how do you really feed your pipeline? Because Pam, I know you're not a sprayer or prayer. You know, I know you don't show up and throw up. You are a hell of a networker. You get out there, you really build relationships, you add value to them. How's networking helped your business? Uh, I, as you know, I love networking because I'm, I'm a people person. Mm -hmm. I love meeting in person. It's also changed with the Zooming. I have a little bit of a hard time connecting if we have to Zoom. Mm -hmm. um, but as far as just keeping up my networking and prospecting. I have two sides. I have agents and then customers. So um, when I look at my agent side, because that's a purchase, right? Because there's two purchase and refi. So I have to keep that purchase up because it's a numbers game for sure in this market. So I really have to really keep in contact with the main agents. I That's a hard one too, because I'm not very good with, hey, it's just, you know, just checking in all the time. So I try to do my subtle my magnets for the beginning of the year, my cards, any kind of thank you cards, happy birthday. Um, I always thought the year I have some kind of touching that I'd like to do, whether it's email, text, call. So I'm not always doing the same thing. I don't want to bother people and they know that. Mm -hmm. I don't want to bother you, just checking in. Um, and I think once we get into that relationship, it's mm -hmm. a little bit easier, mm -hmm. but is that what you mean? So yeah, so just kind of keeping that relationship going is the tough part. Yeah, you know, follow up, nurturing, cultivating, that's an investment, you know, it's, it's social currency, our, our, our social currency really contributes to our net worth over a long period of time. I mean, being you being in the mortgage industry for 17 years, you've pretty much seen every cycle, right? 
you've seen you've seen the landslides you've seen the tidal waves you've seen the windfalls and you've seen the quicksand right you know you 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 went through 08 09 you you've seen it all and you know there there are some people out there that that dive in for the easy money you know they they get into real estate they get into mortgage uh, when interest rates drop and it just becomes order taking, right? It's the, it's the people who really get business, get sales, get relationships, get networking, get the foundation of success that have been in an industry as long as you have, because you've seen every up and down and you know how to navigate them. You're not in it for the quick profit you're in it for the long-term solution providing service to your clients, right? Yes. So why do you think, why do you think most entrepreneurs fail? You know, because I know you network a lot. I know that, that you meet a lot of people and, you know, statistics are against them. 97% don't make it, right? So why do you think that is? I think a lot of people, and I see it through networking with our group, a lot of people come in, they're like, oh, well, I don't see any, like they want instant gratification. Mm -hmm. They don't want to take the time to get to know, love, respect other people. Um, and to me, if it takes a year or two to get to know somebody before they trust you, um, that's what it takes. And then I think other people are more pushy. They want to just get the business and move on. Um, and I think that's where people get stuck. And I always tell people, hey, you're not going to get business right away. You have to, you know, people have to trust you. We have to see what you, you know, what you're all about. Um, but people just want to get in, get out. Yep. You know, and then that's not how to keep the business. It's not how to get referrals for sure. Mm -hmm. I think that's the biggest thing I see. Nice. People don't have the time. They don't want to take the time to yeah. grow. You, you know, know that. that's, that's a great point. People convince themselves that, that they don't have the time to dot, 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 whatever that is. You know, reality is we all have the same amount of time. Time is a finite resource. It's not a matter of having time or not. It's a matter of the choices you make with the time you have. You know, there's not one person that's any busier than another. Uh, and, and when you really look at time, it's a matter of what you choose to allocate it to. It's a matter of what's a priority to you. So when someone turns around and says, oh, I don't have time to network. Oh, I don't have time to go to the gym. I don't have time to meal prep. I don't have time to cold call. You know, if you don't have time to fill in the blank, let's just say network then I'd invite you to say, instead of saying, I don't have time to network, just turn around and say, my business growth isn't a priority for me. Because that's the reality. If you don't have time to go to the gym, then say, you know, my health goals aren't a priority for me. If you don't have time to meal prep, turn around and say, my health, my nutrition isn't a priority for me. Get real with yourself. You know, because the one thing that we do know about our brain is our unconscious mind's incapable of differentiating between truth and fantasy. So when we say it, it takes it as truth. And we are the number one person that we lie to the most. So when you turn around and you're looking at a room full of successful people, 
and you're coming in spraying and praying, showing up and throwing up, and you expect instant gratification, whether it's everybody throwing their Visa, MasterCard, Discover, and American Express at you saying, sell me, sell me, sell me, or if it's you walk in and expect everyone to bow down and, and transfer their entire database to you. Relationships don't happen that way. Networking is a long-term strategy with immense reciprocation attached to it if you work it right. And look, this is definitely a no BS way to lay it out. It's not easy. It's worth it, right? You have put an immense amount of time and energy into your networking relationships. As a matter of fact, it, if memory serves me properly, it's your, it's your biggest strategy. Is that accurate? Yes. Yeah. I think it's really important only because I work on my own too. I'm by myself. So mm -hmm. whoever I network with, whoever I choose to work with, I trust them. Um, and that's my team. Mm -hmm. I do look at as a sales team, whoever I meet and whoever, and I do things on purpose. I don't want to do things just, I don't meet with someone just to, oh, sure, let's go meet coffee. Is it worth it for me to meet them for coffee? And what is their intention also? Because I don't have time to just go and eat and drink them no. every day. You know, it, no. it gets tiring. So yeah, people like Pam, that's a great point. So many people look at it as a social exercise. I'm gonna lovingly say I have a lot of friends and when I'm out doing something for my business, it's not that I don't value friendships and it's not that I don't want new friends. It's just, we're there for business purposes. You know, yes, we absolutely have to connect. We absolutely have to have chemistry. We absolutely get to get to know each other. And it's the getting to know each other that's going to streamline us into knowing each other, liking each other and trusting each other so that we can connect each other to each other's friends, families and databases. And so many people keep it at the social level and forget that it's really a business element. Exactly. Yep. So what keeps you motivated to keep digging in and driving through all the ups and downs? This has been my life for one. Mm -hmm. I'm not done. Like I still want to perfect things. I still want to do better. My kids are in college now, private colleges. So, you know, I don't think my finances are getting any easier. So I just want to keep <laughs> going. And <laughs> if I could, and I try to make it fun because if I don't make my job fun, then that I really have to stop, right? But um, I think that's what it is. And I think the more my branding, I love my branding. And so it keeps me going and I'm excited to be I'm a girl. So it kind yeah. of, you know, and I still have my retirement, my, my goal for maybe five years to retire, but you know, I don't, I don't know. And I don't think I'll ever know when that's gonna be, but just the motivation to keep going and, and wanting more, so. So let's talk about this brand because, you know, I'm a huge proponent that we should always stand in our brand, right? This island girl is just beautiful. Like you said, you were born in Hawaii, right? Uh, which island was it? Oahu. Oahu. 
So, and then you move to the States and, you know, you're this sales girl who's, who's phone banging for copiers. And then you move into mortgage, which in itself is a beast, right? And then out of the blue, you, you developed this brand that is so in alignment with who and what you are, right? So tell me how all of that came about, because I saw, when I saw you move from Pam, the lender to Pam, the Island girl, so much about you changed them. Yeah. So, yeah. So I've been doing this, what, 17, almost 18 years. Yeah. Every time we go to a meeting and people are like, oh, you have to brand yourself. I'm like, how do I brand myself? I'm a mortgage lender. I don't work. It's not my own business. I don't own my business. I'm not a broker. And I'm like, hmm, Pam lender. I was California mortgage pro at one point, oh, but that wasn't exciting. And one day we're just sitting watching television and Greg looks at me, my husband, he says, I lend girl. <laughs> I looked at him like, what are you talking about? He goes, I lend girl. I don't know. It just was on top of his head. Mm -hmm. And we looked at each other like, oh my gosh. So that was it. Looked it up. No one had that fictitious name. I have, I now have a trademark. Nice. I trademarked it. I'm like, there's no way that's standing away from me. <laughs> so, yeah. um, and I met with, um, a gentleman who was my fitness, he was my trainer and he did marketing on the side. I said, Hey, Eric, I need to, I need a, a brand. I need a logo. He's like, well, so I drew it. It was one of those drew it on a napkin, drew it on a piece of paper. Here's what I want. And he put it together. And there it is. So there we go. Island Girl with my pineapple, which means hospitality, has something to do with homes and Hawaii. So then I just started having fun with it. And everyone who I give my card, they get it after a couple, they're like, oh, wait a minute. Oh. And when I see that light, they go, oh my gosh. <laughs> so yeah. they remember me with the Island yeah. Girl or the pineapple or yeah. my flowers. So I saw. <laughs> No, it's phenomenal. It, it, it's really, you've really, you really made yourself memorable. And that's something that, that people really need to be aware of. It's important for you to leave an impression, whether it's the way you speak or how you dress or your brand or how you show up or how you volunteer or how you serve or whatever you have to leave them with an impression. Because if you're going to be just another entrepreneur, then when the need, want, and desire arises for your product, service, and solution, they're gonna remember the person they last saw, unless you really branded yourself in their mind. Island girls, something that's unforgettable. So I love it. Absolutely. So what's your number one networking tip that you can share with our listeners? Because like I said, you're a heck of a networker. I think being consistent in what you're, where you're going to network, for mm -hmm. instance, our, our chapter, our team that I'm in, right? Once a week, it's on my calendar. I have no excuse, but to be there. Okay. Um, I think it's very important to be there with your contacts. I just say it's on my schedule. There's no doubt about it. Yeah. Um, and, just, yeah. and just really look at it like it's your business, it's your job, that's your appointment. Mm -hmm. um, and I just think networking and just keep going. Um, 
and not be one of those, here's my card, here's my card. If I go on a network, I'll meet a couple people. If that, if not, I don't meet anybody. Mm-hmm. But I'm not there just to be like, oh, hand out my card and see if they, you know. Yeah. I call everybody. them poker dealers, <laughs> right? The people who walk in and go pick a card, any card, yeah. and start passing <laughs> cards down. It's like, whoa, am I at a poker table? Where are the chips? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. But um, I think that's it, just being consistent. I would mm-hmm. say, and just really keep the relationships. If you have a good relationship with a networker, I have a strong group that I network with, right? Yeah. And it's, and I can count on anyone if I need anything really mm-hmm. personal or work, but that's what, what it comes down to. Yeah. For me, I, I really think it's a multitude of things. I, I think it's it's having a solid, consistent networking plan. Put it in your schedule, honor the schedule, show up, give a hundred percent, have clarity when you communicate, have clarity in your commercial. This isn't about selling to them, right? It's about defining what a good referral is for you. Clarity in who you're there to meet and the intention of connecting with them. And what value you bring to the relationships and then knowing that when you go to the networking meeting it's to make connections so that you can then connect with them after the meeting to build the relationship right and then cultivating the relationship adding value to the relationship having clarity on your prospective client their needs wants and desires their pain points and how you solve them right Knowing who your power partners are and being able to clearly communicate them and the value that you bring to them. Yeah. And also, um, I like the point, you said gang, remember, what's your thing, gang networking? Um, (laughs) Yeah, gang networking. I love that because I don't want to sell to everyone I meet. I love the fact, hey, meet Stacy. She's a great, you know, I much rather do that because I am a soft sell. I'm not being like, hey, do you need a loan? You know, I, I am more refer here and Mm -hmm. introduce people and that helps too because then they're like what do you do you know until they ask me I'm not going to just say oh here I am right you know so I think that helps also not being a pushy networker because if someone's pushy I I stay away and I'm like go I don't want to see that person because right I just know what to expect that that that's a great point so many people uh tend to show up a little aggressive and the aggressiveness could be because of desperation or just because of their personality it's really important for you to be able to step into people's map of reality and speak into their listening right Mm -hmm. so to explain to you what gang networking is since pam brought it up uh, I'm, i'm a diehard introvert and because i'm a diehard introvert it's harder in the past it was harder for me to walk into an environment where i didn't know people So I would bring friends, networking friends, power partners to events with me. And then, you know, we'd meet in the parking lot uh, a few minutes before the event started. And we would just explain to each other what, what industries we were seeking, right? And then we would all walk into the meeting together and all that energy walking into the door at once, typically, gets the attention of the room and then we would disperse one person would go to one end of the room another to the other end another to the other end another to the other end and then then another in the middle and we would just start 
meeting people. And the second we started meeting industries that somebody in our group wanted, we'd ask them, hey, have you ever met so-and-so? And then we'd bring them across the room and connect them, introduce them. And when you've got five, six people crossing and cutting energy like that and introducing a bunch of people to a bunch of people, you get a lot of attention from a lot of people. So the strategy ended up really paying off, really working well. And it was one that I had shared with, with a lot of people and they've had a lot of success with it. And, you know, we've jokingly named it gang networking because we come in as a gang and then disperse and support each other, right? It's a beautiful strategy. And it's a lot of fun because, you know, why network alone, right? So that's a great networking tip. So since you have such a strong experience in sales and grinding, what's a strong sales tip you can share with our listeners? I think follow-up for sure. Mm. If you talk, you're talking to a client, if they're even slightly interested, you know, I always try to get their email or I always really, really try to get their address. Mm -hmm. And thank you cards are huge for me. Yeah. I always, I think it makes a huge difference. If you yeah. follow up that way, a lot of people don't. Um, I just think follow-up and I think that's the biggest yeah. Sell strategy and, or just consistency. Again, just make the calls, just keep plugging along until you know, have a number in your head. Even if it's 10 calls a day, that's okay. Every day, if you make 10, one day you'll get two yeses, right? Um, but just keep going. Yeah. You know, the follow up is so important. So many people drop the ball there. There are statistics out there that the average salesperson follows up two or three times. And the average consumer doesn't buy till nine or 13. So there's a huge disparity between the salesperson's activities and the consumer's behavior. So if you know the average consumer doesn't buy for nine to 13 touches, what's the purpose of stopping your touches at two or three, right? Yep. So Pam, how has mindset helped you in, in, in business, in sales, in success? Just, you mean, keeping a positive, just definitely yeah. keeping a positive energy. You know, if you don't have one, stop, mm -hmm. breathe, go take a walk. Um, be aloha, right? <laughs> be aloha. Go to the beach, go swimming. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, it's hard because if I, if I'm not in the mindset, Mm -hmm. It's hard. I even if, if I take a break, watch television for a little bit, or breathe. Or I'm not a good meditator, but if I could just sit and breathe for a little bit, um, you know, that's my biggest thing. Yeah. And get focused again. And when you say the mirror, sometimes I stand up. Not only so much the mirror, it's just also breathing. I, I guess breathing is my word, but I stand up and try to talk on the phone. Not so much a mirror, but it helps. I think than to just be sitting at the computer all day. Mm -hmm. But the mindset is huge, and it's just knowing can you get through the day what do you need that one more step and just one at a time and I make my list every day check it off I love checklists check 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 if not move it to the next day keep going it's okay if I don't make it right for the day but just keep going and make sure things get taken care of mm -hmm. 
So, you know, this, this positive mental attitude, the aloha spirit, right? You know, the, the, the one thing I, I learned a long time ago is I actually create my day, whether I intentionally do it or unintentionally do it. If I wake up in the past and thought, wow, I'm going to have a bad day. Guess what happens? I have a bad day, right? Uh, I believe we are the author, the director, the producer, the main character, and the editor in our life. And what happens is people don't realize they actually create their story. We create as we think, we create as we speak, right? And whenever you're in a, a disempowered state, a mindset that avoids serving what it is you should be doing or could be doing. I'll share a tip that, that I do, and it's actually a, a little ridiculous and a little embarrassing to publicly admit it. When, when I'm feeling stressed or down or whatever, right? I'll turn on my favorite song and just dance till the end of it. And my whole, I mean, by the middle of it, I'm laughing at myself, right? By the end of it, uh, I feel great. And then my, my entire day shifts. What kind of uh, strategies do you have that, that shift your state? Um, you reminded me. So yes, if I have a big day, I will definitely get ready with music. Hmm. Because I love music and it, it makes you happy. It gets your mindset, right? To get more excited, get the bad things out. I also have my vision board. Mm. I always have a vision board in front of me, and then I have another one on my shelf. And sometimes I'll just open up and go and focus and look at it and go, okay, what is it that I'm, you know, what I want, what I'm doing? Just depending on my day. But um, and flowers. Some days I'm like, okay, it's one one of those weeks. I'm gonna go buy myself some flowers. You know, but whatever makes you happy and whatever makes your um, surroundings also. Mm -hmm. You know, so even with this, I'm like, you know what? I need something fun to make me happy instead of my office behind me. So <laughs> palm trees. <laughs> there you go. But yeah, but it helps, right? If I could zoom, I'm like, okay, that makes me happy. Now I have something fun and mm -hmm. new, but um, just kind of keep, keep things different, I guess. Yeah. So Pam, you know, you keep bringing up zoom. The, the pandemic has has really put obstacles, opportunities, and challenges in front of people, right? You know, we watched a lot of entrepreneurs over the past couple of years say, you know what, I'm just gonna stop and wait to get on the other side of this. And, you know, two years later, we're, you know, we're not on the other side of this. And, you know, it was the people that pivoted, it was the people that dug in that that really made shift happen, right? What's the best advice that you could give to someone who's frustrated and wants to give up or who's just starting out? As far as making that switch from meaningful as, as far as digging in and making it. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, I can tell you when we started Zooming, I hated it. I don't use that word. That's not a good word. I am not a te technical person. You should ask everyone. I could not get my screen to work. I had to buy a little camera because my computer doesn't have, my desktop doesn't have a camera. I had to buy a little camera. 
I do, I, it just took me, it took me probably a good six, seven months, right? But I knew I'm like, I'm not giving up. I'm going to do this, you know, and it's just, um, you just have to make the change with, do what you need to do when things change. Zooming for me, not necessarily zooming, but even not meeting in person, my business, I got more done. Yeah. Part of me was a like, yeah, thankfully I don't have to go to lunch and whatever every day. It takes a lot of money and hours. So talking on the phone and getting things done and still being at my desk. So mm -hmm. I just kind of looked at the positive. What can I make out of this? What's going to be, how can I make it better? You know, or how can I keep it going? And the people, again, surround your people who are like-minded. Mm -hmm. People are negative. I'm like, I don't, you know, I just kind of stay away from negative people. Mm -hmm. You know, I just mm -hmm. keep, I keep going with people who, and we have book clubs kind of, you know, we read books together, talk about things. I'm just how to keep going in this, and keep each other motivated and mm -hmm. positive. I mean, this whole craziness, it's been a crazy ride for the last couple of years. Yeah, for sure. You know, for, for people in, in my opinion, for, for people who are, you know, on the verge of giving up or just starting out, really tap into your why. And I'm not talking about the surface level why to make more money or to retire my husband or to go on vacations. You know, I have a belief if your why makes you cry, the how won't matter, right? I'm talking about the, the, the really deep structured, why are you doing this? And once you tap into that, tap into what's the purpose of just walking away from something that's so important to you, that why? And where else does that show up in your life? And then make a choice. Are you worth it? If the answer is yes, dig in. And if you don't know how to dig in, reach out to people. You know, there, uh, there are coaches out there. You know, we, we coach people into just grabbing them and, and moving them through being stuck to success. And, and there, there are trainings out there entrepreneurism success is far from about doing it alone it's about surrounding yourself with people who want to make a difference and have a difference made and if if you're on the verge of giving up or if you're just starting out look at your support network because birds of a feather flock together are you supported by people who are lifting you up or are you supported by people who are barely making it struggling and also wanting to give up right so that would be my advice so pam welcome to the signature question of the show and that is what does selling without selling mean to you selling without selling for me is just being yourself not being a pushy salesperson yep. just comfortably doing what you're doing and just not make it um it doesn't have to be so hard you know and i just i i just my main thing is not being pushy you know, i guess um i just feel like if you know what you're doing do the right things then you're not really selling you're just kind of like you said having a conversation or we're just going to meet some people and and if that works and they trust you you're selling yourself mm -hmm. right without selling your product and then they'll trust you um, 
kind yeah. of being a pushy salesperson, I guess. Yeah, yeah. You know, I mean, reality is if you, be, if you believe in you, others can believe in you. If you think and believe you're worth it, others will believe working with you is worth it. Yeah. In order to sell without selling means showing up in your most authentic, transparent self, being wholeheartedly of service, having the skill sets and the mindsets to step into people's map of reality and speak into their listening, get out of your way so that you can get on your way and have your way. It's about being of service. It's about really showing up, really being present, really having a success driven mindset that operates from a space of abundance. Once scarcity sets in, you're incapable of selling without selling. And look, scarcity doesn't necessarily have to set in because you don't have money, because you can hold a space of abundance and your bank account be low. It's when you are incapable of tapping into the abundance that's around your bank account's low and the itty bitty shitty committee in your head kicks off. You start panicking and then scarcity starts driving you and you start reacting instead of responding. Selling without selling is all about standing on a foundation that's stable so that you can be of service and you never have to sell. So Pam, welcome to the random round. See, I believe that success leaves clues and I like to ask our guest experts a question so that our listeners can turn around and go, I really like that. So the random round question for you, I got two of them for you. First one is what's your favorite word and why? I think I figured out my favorite word and it really is breathe. Mm. Um, I think because no matter what I do, I have to stay calm, you know, things get anxiety, whether it's personal or work. So it's even on my planner, breathe. Um, <laughs> because it is sometimes I'm like, Oh, I get so excited. <laughs> or, you know, or, or scared, whatever it is. And that's what I have to do is calm. So I think breathe would be the word. I love that. So my second and last random round question for you is what's your morning ritual look like? A morning ritual. So one, I have to have my cup of coffee with my husband. Mm -hmm. We always, so if someone calls, no, I don't take any phone calls. We do that, get ready for the work day. When he's out the door, I'm in my planner, just making sure of what I need to do for the day, checking my emails, checking the market on my program. Mm -hmm. um, just really just solidifying and, and just knowing what I, I have to write it down when I'm doing for the day. And then from there, it could be chaos, but it's okay. <laughs> but, but if I have it written down, I know what I have to do. Um, and then what I could just wait on, but from note cards to appointments to who I'm talking to yeah. rates, whatever it is, I just always have to sit and get that settled. That's fantastic. Pam, I really appreciate you being on the show today. Thank you so much for sharing your time with us. If our listeners want to reach out to you, follow you, find you, how can they? Um, I have my Facebook, that's I'm in Girl. Mm -hmm. I have my website, that's 
eileengirl.com and it's i-l-e-n-d girl.com or my email pam at eileengirl.com <laughs> quite easy Pretty linkedin easy. also yeah and are you island girl on, on linkedin too? i am <laughs> i am <laughs> that's fantastic pam yeah. thank you so much for being with us today thank you so much for having me oh i've loved it it's been my pleasure your success is important to me, and it's also important to me to make sure that these episodes are valuable to you. I would love for you to do a few things right now. I'd love for you to hop over to Instagram and follow us at Pivot Point Advantage. That's hop over to Instagram and follow us at Pivot Point Advantage. Second, I'd love it if you'd head over to Facebook and join our Sell Without Selling community. That's head over to Facebook and join our Sell Without Selling community. We have an immense amount of interaction on both platforms. We also share different information on both platforms. So we look forward to seeing you there. Last and definitely not least, I love to chat with you, give feedback on the episodes, and find out any topics that you're interested in to help make this podcast more powerful and helpful to you achieving the success you've always dreamed of, desired, and deserved. Head over to pivotpointadvantage.com slash talk to Stacy. That's pivotpointadvantage.com slash talk to Stacy. Let's get a 15-minute call on the schedule. I look forward to getting to know you. Always remember this, choice is a powerful thing and suffering is always optional. Get out of your way so that you can get on your way so you can finally have your way. Thanks so much for listening and I look forward to talking with you soon. Whether it's mastering your mindset, communication, or success, we have more ways to keep you on your journey to greatness. Be sure to visit us at pivotpointadvantage.com for exclusive online training programs, success-specific courses, and more ways to connect to Stacy directly to help you achieve the financial success you've always desired, dreamed, and deserved. That's all available on pivotpointadvantage.com.